whatever it is you're holding on to saying, I'm done with it. Whatever sin that's been so entangling, Lord God, I am through with it. I'm following you. You are alive. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you, man. Happy Easter. Totally lame. Happy Easter. All right, man, and uh, love being able to join with you here in person. We've got you uh, online as well, and in the 309, man, love what we got going on. Take a look around, man. Just look at the number of people in the 309 here in your living room. Look around, right? (laughs) It's amazing to see what God is doing as he is building his kingdom. And all of God's people said, Jesus Christ, he is the God of the universe. Jesus Christ. He is the God who has died for us, and he is risen again. He is alive. Everybody just say it loud, say it big. He is alive. Louder and bigger. He is alive. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen, Amen, man. We're fired up to be able to worship Jesus here. Hopefully you can tell that a little. And as we get after it here today, we're launching a new sermon series. We're diving into a series called, Who is This Jesus? We're going to be spending about five weeks here just saying, Lord God, teach us who you are. Show us all that you are, Jesus. May we worship you and praise you. Who is this Jesus? We're launching today on Easter Sunday, and we're learning about him as life giver. That's what we're going after. So you can turn with me to John chapter 20, starting in verse 11. John 20, starting in verse 11, and we're going to be going after learning about Jesus as the life giver, all right? So as we get going here, before we jump into point number one, just a little bit of the lay of the land. We got to know where we're jumping into this passage at, right? So you got to remember Jesus, he's now probably in his 30s there, right? Right about 30. He's actually been in ministry for about three years So he's been doing that ministry for several years and probably 32, 33 years old now. And and as he's in the midst of that, Jesus has been understood to be the king of kings. Like the people all around him were certain this is the Messiah. Like this guy is going to bring in the kingdom and he is going to be in charge forever. It's going to be awesome. In fact, he had just come down the Mount of Olives in the prior week and people are crying out, Hosanna. Blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord. He's riding in on a donkey, a symbol from the Old Testament that said, that's the Messiah coming in to reign as king. They're like, here it is, man. He's going to be in charge. All of a sudden, it all goes wrong. All of a sudden, he's taken captive. He's beaten. He's mocked. He's whipped. There's wounds that are made with the whip, and then he gets nailed to a cross. And as he is breathing his last, can you imagine looking up at the cross, at the one you thought was going to reign forever, who is now about to die? And as Jesus breathes his last and says, it is finished, they barely know what he is talking about. They go through the weekend in complete agony, And on Sunday morning, coming out of the Sabbath, they're going over to the tomb and they're just taking time at the end of a horrible, horrible death, a terribly short funeral. They're taking a moment on that Sunday to just try to do a little more grieving and a little bit more taking it in. And as Mary Magdalene shows up at the tomb, 
It's empty. It's opened up, and he's not there. She's like, great. Now not only has he died, but somebody's taken and moved his body. Great. This is a horrible, horrible weekend. That's where we're picking it up, all right? So point number one as we dive in here. Point number one, welcome him. Jesus meets us in our need. Welcome him. Jesus meets us in our need. We'll start out in verse 11. It says, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. Let's just hold right there. It starts out in verse 11. It says, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. She doesn't even know where they've put his body. He's gone. She's in grief. She wants to just take a moment. Mary, this is Mary Magdalene. This is the one who came to know Jesus three years earlier because she was wrecked with what they say, seven demons possessing her and massive amounts of pain. We don't know what it even means. Physical pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain, a ton of hurt going on. And she could not get past it. Jesus and all of his authority just in one phrase, boom, casts out the demons. She's cleaned up. She's different now. With the demonic element, with all the hurt, she was an outcast. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with her. They put her aside and she hurt. And she longed. And she was in pain. And maybe you even feel that today. That was Mary Magdalene. And Jesus met her in the midst of that pain and absolutely healed and threw out and cast away and welcomed her in. For Mary, this was more than just a friend. This was the God of the universe. This was the Messiah. This was her hope. She was there to grieve and there to remember the one who had changed her life. Man, Jesus calls us out of our pain and sin. And all of God's people said, we have that privilege to be welcomed away from pain and sin and into the presence of our King. It says that not only was she weeping outside the tomb, she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. Just so we're clear, when these tombs were built into the rock like this one was, they would cut kind of a small entrance. And in order to, to get in, you would have to kind of stoop down and then when you stepped inside, there were steps actually to go down, not unlike this. And you would have to step down in like that. That's what was going on. She was looking in to see what was going on in the tomb. She didn't want to step in there because that's creepy. <laughs> she didn't want to step in there. She's like, I, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And she was looking in. It says, and she saw two angels in white. And I'm just telling you, all too often when we read scripture, we're like, oh, well, that's interesting. And uh, dude, when's the last time you saw two angels in white? Right, dude, this is a huge deal. Everybody say it's a big deal. Thank you. All right, so get ready. You have a job to do. 
You know, we do this at the church here, right? You got a job to do. It means when we get to this spot and I read this, we have to properly respond. The proper response is, whoa, all right? Say it loud, say it big. Whoa, get ready. I'm going to read. You have a job, all right? Here we go. Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white. Now we got it, all right? That's the word of God on fire. As we see what's really going on, she is blown away as she sees these two angels sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. Man, what a great assignment these angels had, you know? That is a job. You know, God's like, all right, here's the deal. Somebody's going to need to tell them that Jesus is actually alive. Can you imagine how many angels are like, I would like that job. That would be a great job. And these two guys get the assignment. We don't know what's going on with these angels and why, but God has put them. All right, you get the head, you get the foot. I have no idea if there's any impact or difference in that. But one gets to sit at the head, one sitting at the foot. Can you imagine the smile on their face? As they're sitting there waiting for her to start to figure it out and engage. And as she looks in and sees these two angels sitting there, and Jesus is gone, one thing we know that she hasn't figured out yet is he is alive. And all of God's people said, amen, man, Jesus Christ risen alive. She's not getting it yet. She looks in, she sees the two angels, and they say to her, woman, now, I'm just telling you, this is not how I speak to my wife. Not a good idea. In our culture, this phrase means something very different, right? Woman, right? Whatever I say after that doesn't go well for me or the day, right? We don't talk that way. It's super disrespectful and uncool, right? But for them, this was very respectful to stop and to be able to recognize her and to say, woman, you have to hear it with the softest of tone. This isn't like a massive smackdown. This is a gentleness but a tenderness and a welcoming in. Woman, right? And so saying it with respect, woman, why are you weeping? Now the reality is she is at a cemetery and she is at a tomb. And so it is a little bit of a ridiculous question, right? But there's always power in the question because you start to learn what they're actually thinking and what they're going through. They said, why are you weeping? And she says to them, Notice she does not say, my Savior has died and I am really grieving. Everybody say, not that. She doesn't say that. She doesn't say, I'm not sure what's going on next and where he's at, and I'm not sure how the next parts of the prophecy are going to be fulfilled. Not that. She says to them, "Uh, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. She has seen him die. He is gone. Great. Now somebody's toying around, like, I understand that this tomb is borrowed. I know that this was lent to him, and I understand if you decided to move him over the weekend, but will you at least tell us where he is? That's the pain that Mary Magdalene is feeling. She is in agony because she just wants to spend a little more closure time. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing Okay, once again, you can read this really quick. She turns around and she saw Jesus standing. And we're like, oh, that's interesting. This is another one of those response moments, right? And the proper response when we read something like this is, 
All right, so get ready. Having said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing. Now you got it. But she did not know that it was Jesus. You're like, come on, how could she not know? How do you not know it's Jesus? You've been with him for three years. You've seen him do all these miracles. You've been worshiping him. You can't wait for him to be the God of the universe, king over all. How do you not know it's Jesus? Picture this. Imagine that you have a very dear friend you're close to. They pass away. You have to get on an airplane flight. You fly out there. You're there to spend a little bit of time. It's a quick grieving moment. It's a heartache. And as you come back at the end of that, you come and you sit down on the airplane and your friend comes in who passed away and sits down in the chair next to you. And you turn and look. Do you think, he's risen! And you give him a big hug? I'm telling you, whoever you sat next to is going to be freaked out. Right? The reality is you're going to look and be like, that guy looks a lot like him. I'm just going to leave it at that. Where is my Savior? Right? This is a very real moment. She's like, I can't make that jump. Where is my Savior? It says, Jesus said to her, woman, which is respectful. Everybody say respectful. Woman, why are you weeping? Same question that the angels asked, but notice he goes one step further. Whom are you seeking? Tell me a little bit more about your worship. Notice the gentleness in Jesus' voice here. Supposing him to be the gardener. You got no answer for it. She's like, I don't know, man. It's really creepy how the gardener looks like Jesus. (laughs) But I'm assuming you're the gardener, right? Supposing him to be the gardener, she says to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. I understand it's a loaned tomb. I get that maybe you changed your mind. If you've moved him, just tell me where and I'll go move him. Can you imagine? Like, I don't know how Mary is going to move that body, but she's like, I'll I'll move him. I'll go get help. I'll, I'll figure this out. I don't know. Just tell me what's going on in her grief and in her agony. She's just trying to work out the details. Mary Magdalene, she sees him. She hears his voice. She even begins to talk to him a little bit, but she misses who he is. And how often is this us with our Savior? Where we see him at work in our lives, we see him at work in this world, we maybe even hear of him speaking to us through his word. We are rocked by what's said in some way, but we don't get who he is in our lives and we're not giving him the authority how often we can miss out in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our anxiety or agony, in the midst of our tough struggles, in the midst of our grief, it gets easy to miss the Savior of the universe welcoming you into his arms. And we got to be careful for it. We got to come to our king and see him as who he is, my lamb and my king. We got to celebrate all that our God is. Don't miss it. Man, if you are here today and there is pain overwhelming in your life, please hear me. 
Your God loves you with all he's got. Your God so desires to welcome you in in the midst of that pain and walk you through to the other side. Jesus Christ, he loves you. May we take a moment to just say, my lamb and my king. You know, on Good Friday, we had just a huge two services here on Good Friday just two days ago on, at the four o'clock and six o'clock services and just a great time of worship as we took time to remember our lamb and our king. We celebrated who Jesus Christ was and Lord, we hand you our sin. And we allowed everybody in the room to just take some time to come up before the cross and just flooded in down the middle here and spent time together. Let's just go ahead and throw one of the images up here, the photo up. Just putting that together. Huge night of worship. Huge night of reflection. Time before the cross. Time for people to drop that sin, that pain down at the cross and say, Lord God, you're in charge. Welcome him. And if you are struggling today, get ready to welcome the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, man, man, what is it that you're holding on to? What is it that you need to let go of? May God get all the glory, okay? Point number two. Point number two, trust him. Jesus invites us to share in his eternal life-giving power. Trust him. Don't you love hearing all the pages turn? That's powerful in itself, man. Jesus invites us to share in his eternal life-giving power. Trust him. Okay? Jesus continues. Jesus said to her, Mary. You've got to hear this where he's like kind of doing that wake-up call moment. You know, he's like, woman, why are you weeping? And she just answers back. Just tell me where you put him, right? And she's like, not hearing him for who he is. He says with a voice like, I'm going to talk to you like I've talked to you for three years. I'm going to call you out like I've called you out. He says, Mary. And can you imagine like the head turned to the side, the smile on his face as he's like, come on, you can do it. Come across here. You're going to get it. Mary. And she had to stop and be like, now that's, that sounds exactly like him. And she turns around and he's going, come on, Mary, can you see it? And in that moment, she is blown away that Jesus has power over death. She is blown away that he is the king of all kings, that the one she saw do miracles, the one she saw speak and people were all of a sudden walking, touched them and all of a sudden they can see. Literally the one who spoke and a man rose from the dead. She sees that one standing in front of him now and her eyes are wide open. As she all of a sudden recognizes this is my God. This is Jesus Christ himself. She turns and she says to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. In fact, even my teacher. This huge moment as he calls her by her name. And so she calls him by his. 
He says to her, Mary. And she responds back with the very words that she's used for three years. My teacher, the one whom I'm following. Man, may we know that our God knows us so personally. He knows exactly what you're going through. He loves you in the midst of all that you're walking through. Your God knows you, and he knows you by name. And all of God's people said, huge deal. She literally turns to him and says, Rabboni, what's all packed into that? You're alive! This huge moment of celebration, Jesus says to her, don't cling to me. Now, if you read that too fast, you did not picture what happened. And all of a sudden you're like, dude, that sounds harsh, right? But that's not what happens. You got to picture it. What would Mary Magdalene be doing if she turns around and she sees him? She turns around and she hears the voice and she sees him and recognizes, it's my teacher. Do you stand there and you're like, teacher. No way, right? You come running over, you throw arms around, you're like, teacher. And she starts holding so tight. You got to imagine the smile on Jesus' face as he's like, all right, now we got it, right? And they're kind of having that moment. And then he's got to be like, okay, okay. Maybe don't cling to me right now. I've got an assignment for you. I know you've just seen me disappear, but I am back and I am alive. Hang on. I've got something I'm asking you personally to do. Mary Magdalene was the first to see Jesus alive and the first to be able to report that he is risen. Seeing him alive. Man, this is a huge responsibility. It's a big, everybody say it's a big deal. Jesus is like, listen, I'm giving you a massive opportunity and responsibility. Hang on. He says, go to them, right? And have this view as you go. He says, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. So go to my brothers and say to them. He's like, listen, I'm not leaving. I'm here. So let some people know about it. I am risen from the dead. He says, tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. It will be coming, but not yet. I am here, I am alive, and I will be ascending. It's coming in just a little bit. Tell him that. So as she goes to send the message to him, she's like, this is her message. I saw him, he's alive, and he's here. For a while, he's going to heaven, he's going to be with the Father. But right now, he's here and alive. The message that she gets to bring to those who are following him. She gets to run with all she's got and take it to him. It says, and Mary Magdalene went. Again, maybe that's an understatement of the century. How fast do you walk when you've just seen Jesus? You've spent a moment. You've talked with him. You've clung to him for a little bit. You've had this interactive moment. And he's now sending you on a responsibility message to say to the others, Jesus is alive. She had to be walking like you would not. Or maybe she's running as fast as she can going after it. May God truly get all the glory. As she's got a smile on her face, she's rehearsing what she's going to say the whole way. Okay, I'm going to tell them first. I got to say, this is going to be amazing when, right? Can you imagine the energy and the excitement of Jesus alive? Mary Magdalene, it says, went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. 
I have seen the Lord. And then she shared the things that he had said to her. This is what he said. This is what's going on. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Everybody say it loud, say it big. Jesus is alive. Man, this is the message of hope. In fact, we know that some of the disciples were like, come on, man, will you stop? And now they had to walk through the process of trying to recognize and figure it out and picture what was happening. So as Mary Magdalene announced it, the disciples that she had gotten to, listen to how much they were locked in. It says, on that evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. They're like, I mean, they had it with Jesus. They like took him, they whipped him, they handed him over to the Romans. The Romans crucified him. Like, dude, we're in big trouble. And they're still going after this Jesus and all the Jesus followers lock the door, hang back, stay inside. They're concerned for their own well-being, okay? So they're locked inside. They're having this conversation even after hearing from the women about what's going on. It says they were inside being concerned about the Jews. And then it says, Jesus came and stood among them. Okay, again, be careful when you read that you don't miss the massive moment. The door is locked, man. How did he get there? This is a huge deal. And our proper response when we read something like that is? All right, you got it. So ready? So Mary came in. She's talking to him. They locked the door. They're staying there that night. Jesus came and stood among them. He is alive. And with authority and power, he is risen. Jesus Christ, our Lord. He takes our pain. He takes our sin and him for me forever. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen, man. man. Jesus says to them, peace be with you. Because some of them were quite frankly freaked out that he was standing in front of them when the door was locked. Right, all of a sudden he just shows up and they're like, dude, what? He's like, peace be with you. Like, hang on, I am right here with you. And it is real. I am alive. They were dumbfounded and not quite getting it as they were struggling with all of this. And Jesus is like, peace from your fear. Peace from your anxiety. Peace from the sin that has wrecked you. Peace from the struggle with who is this Jesus who now seemed to die in peace in every way. And then it says, when Jesus showed them his hands and his side, then the disciples were glad and saw the Lord. They literally were stepped back. They're like, I don't know who this guy is. And he's like, peace be with you. And they're like, still not feeling the peace, man. <laughs> right? And he's like, let me show you my hands. Let me show you my side. They're like, it's Jesus risen from the dead. His body will forever carry the marks that he was slain for you and for me. He died for your sin and for mine. He carries the marks that will forever show him saying to you, I love you. You matter. 
may God get all the glory. Man, we have the privilege of being able to come to this God and hand him our everything. Whatever it is you're holding on to, saying, I'm done with it. Whatever sin that's been so entangling, Lord God, I am through with it. I'm following you. You are alive. Everybody just say, he is alive. And he is alive. Do you believe? To be saved, Scripture's super clear. And we say it's not easy, but it's as simple as ABC. A, admit. Admit that you are a sinner. Like I have things in my life that are wrong. They do not measure up to Christ. Romans chapter 3, super clear. For all have sinned. How many have sinned? All of us missed the mark. Come join the club. The water's warm, right? All of us have sinned. We all need a savior. Admit we are a sinner. That's the first step, A. I've done a lot wrong, Lord. Please forgive me, A. B, believe. Believe that Jesus is risen from the dead. Believe that he is alive. Believe that he has conquered death. He has conquered sin. He is healing from pain. Believe he is risen. He is alive. Do you admit you are a sinner? Do you admit that? Like really, right where you're at, you're like, okay, I get that. Yeah, I'm in. Do you admit you're a sinner? Do you believe he is alive. Jesus is risen. Do you believe that? And there's one last step. Confess. See, confess him as Lord. You're in charge, God. You have power over death and sin and pain and hurt. You're in charge. Our Jesus is alive. Our Jesus meets us where we're at. Are you willing to say, I admit, I believe, and I confess you as Lord? Look, there's a lot of people that are like, okay, I admit I'm a sinner. I admit that. Look, I believe. I, I, I believe that Jesus is alive. Confess him as Lord. Yeah, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. Like, I'm going to go where I want to go. Please hear me as gently as I can. That's not saved. I admit I am a sinner. I believe you are risen. And Lord, you're in charge of my life. I confess you as Lord. That's saved. You're in charge. Man, if you have not trusted Christ as Savior, if you have not admitted, believed, and confessed, make today the day. Put the stake in the ground. Lord God, I see and I admit and I understand. I get it. Put it in the ground today and let your God know. Just telling him simply, I admit I'm a sinner. I believe you are risen. You're alive. And I confess you as my Lord. You're in charge. That's saved. So here's what I'm going to ask. I'm just going to ask for us all to bow our heads, close our eyes. Man, if you have trusted Christ as Savior, just be praying that God would move right now. 
Just be praying that God would stir and that some might come to trust Christ. So here's my question for you, head bowed, eyes closed. Do you admit that you are a sinner and believe that he is risen? Are you there? And are you ready to say, okay, Lord, you take over? And just tell them right where you are. You might be like, I don't even know what to say. So here's what I'm going to ask. I'm just going to pray a prayer out loud and you just pray after me. If you want to commit your life to him today, just pray after me. Online, 309, just commit your life to him today. Ready? I'm going to start to pray. You just pray after me if today's the day. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, I admit I've done a lot wrong. I admit it. Please forgive me. And I believe, I believe you are alive. I believe you are alive. And Lord Jesus, I hand you my life. I confess you as Lord. Please take over. I give you my fear. I give you my anxiety. I give you my hurt. I give you my sin. Thank you for welcoming me home. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just going to ask you to go ahead and keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Man, if the today is the day for you, if you're like, I'm in, it's time for me to be trusting in Christ. If you prayed that prayer along with me, I would just ask you to go ahead and let me know. I want to pray for you, all right? Just go ahead and raise your hand. Here in this room, raise your hand. I've got Pastor Steve over in the 309. Just go ahead and raise your hand. I see you. Thank you so much, hon. In the 309, Pastor Steve will be up front. He'll be seeing you there. Just go ahead and raise your hand there. Online, we can, you can click a little button in the corner there in the chat, and they'll see you. Just raise your hand there. I see that hand. Amen. Amen. Amen, man. Gotcha. Anybody else? Trusting Christ today. This is the moment. Don't walk away. Don't miss this opportunity to say, I'm in. I admit. I believe. And I confess you as Lord. Anybody else in the room here? Amen. I see that hand. I see that hand. It's awesome. Praise God. Man, please hear me. God is moving in this room. Please be praying. Anybody else? Don't miss out. Amen. I see that. Gotcha. Amen. 
take a little moment. This is the rest of your life you're handing to him right now. Lord God, I'm in. Thank you that you are alive. I'm giving you my life. Anybody else? Amen. See that hand? Powerful. Amen. Gotcha. We serve the risen Savior. And all of God's people said, anybody else, I don't want to miss you. I'm going to bring it to a close here. May God truly get all the glory. Right. For those who have trusted Christ in this room, online, 309. Man, if you're watching this video later on and making a commit, may God get all the glory. We love you. And we are right here with you. Let me just pray now. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We praise you and we lift your name. Lord God, we are stunned that we can know you as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, we thank you for so many who have given their lives to you today. Lord, that you are getting the praise. You are risen. You are alive. You are our hope our life giver and our king. We worship and praise your name. Lord, for each of those who have raised their hands, we pray that you would experience exactly what Jesus promised, peace. Lord, just bring them a moment of so palpable, rich peace as they can lean on you, have a smile in the midst of this struggle as they watch you begin to move. Lord, may you do a work here in this world in their lives. And Lord, we thank you that you promised that forevermore they have life with you. Lord, we praise your name for the eternal life we can have. Scripture says that when one comes to trust Christ, the angels unleash in heaven with celebration. There is massive celebration today. May God get all the glory. Lord God, we love you. We praise you and we thank you. It is in the amazing, saving, glorious name of Jesus that I pray these things. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Hey, I'm just gonna ask you to go ahead and stand here. We've got a kind of a tradition in the way we close out Easter. Our job is to bring it big, all right? Our job is to lift off this roof. So man, we're gonna bring it with massive applause and cheers. We're gonna bring it with shouts out for Christ, saying whatever phrase you want, you cry it out. This is between you and your God. Don't stay quiet. With all you've got, the applause that you have, this roof coming off. And we're gonna run into it with some phrases. We're gonna build our way into it where I'm gonna say a phrase and you give the answer. There is one answer, just so you know. The answer is Jesus. Say it loud, say it big. Jesus. 309, say it loud with us, say it big. Ready? Jesus. May God get all the glory. Man, if you're at home online, 
fill your living room. May God get all the glory. The answer is, one more time, Jesus. Here we go. When we get to the end, little tip, when we get to the end, seven of them in, he is alive. When we hit that, we are going to take this roof off. Ready? Here we go. He is grief comforter, Jesus. He is peace promiser, Jesus. He is hope provider, Jesus. He is soul purifier, Jesus. He is life giver, Jesus. He has died for me, Jesus. He is alive, Jesus.